0: Welcome to GMT, the podcast for globally-minded law firm leaders, with your host Robert Bada, Principal of Warwick Place Legal, and Murray Coffee, Principal of M. Coffey. Between them, Rob and Murray have about three-quarters of a century's experience working with some of the most notable law firms on the planet. This podcast is designed to help those law firm leaders tasked with growth make great decisions about whether and how to implement cross-border expansion for their firms, and what it takes to succeed. And now, part two of GMT's conversation with David Kaufman, the Director of Global Strategies at Nixon Peabody.
1: I'd like to turn a little bit to uh, the idea of international strategy and and international business development, and and, uh, also in terms of not just bringing into the business but also looking at opportunities and perhaps uh, law firm expansion, which is really what I do and uh, cross-border mergers and so forth. So um, one of the ways that I do my job is I try to keep track of trends and and, uh, I look at economies and I look at political situations and so forth. Um, So in one sense, you could say that I kind of sit back and, and try to absorb as much information as I can. Uh, But in reality, what I really do is my clients come to me or I might come to my clients or prospective clients and say, you do X and that's something that you could do a lot more and a lot better and do much more for your clients if you had a presence in or if you had a relationship in such and such a country. so, when a client comes to me and says, "Well we really need a little bit more of uh, development and and clientele in an area that we're now really getting into, and we have you know this person and that person who got great expertise in it, but they're not really sure about how to how to make more of it, I can say, this is what that practice would mean in such and such a country." Or this is who's doing it somewhere else in the world. And sometimes, uh, to to use uh, uh, the points you guys made, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to be doing. So while on the one hand, I kind of sit back and try to track what's going on in the world, the point of that really is for me to be able to respond very quickly to clients, but at the same time, also kind of bide my time. You know, I've I I will take a very long time to think about is this firm going to be interested because someday they will want to be in Luxembourg, but not right now. But I'm going to call right. them in 16 months. A, a, a,
2: a single attorney, I learned a long time ago, a single attorney is not a is not a practice make. Right. You know, just because and 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 hope is not a strategy. And uh, <laughs> but there's, a lot of, there's a lot of times when when lawyers will say, you know. You know, okay. we're going to have this practice because, and it's, that's because, we, that's what you want to do. Yeah, that's I get it. I understand. That's what you want yeah. to do, but it doesn't mean that we are, that we have a practice in this geography. It doesn't mean that we have a practice in this area. You know, let's right. you know, who else Who else can we get be interested in doing this? You know, because you know, I, I've seen over the years at our firm and other firms, you know, you start, you know, people you start with great fanfare, and then things either peter out, don't happen, or right. that person loses interest or that person leaves and then like what are you left with so i think that an idea is that you know for for you to put that kind of firm weight behind something you really need to have you know a broad team of people you need to have commitment you need to have you know in some extent you need to have a a plan b a plan c you have to figure out like okay this goes really well you know what who else we have to work with and it's just you know it's the same thing like when i work with companies that are coming into the u.s you know, I always tell them. I said, "Let's think about like what's the worst case scenario? What's the best case scenario?" And you know, in the worst case scenario is you know maybe having a joint venture is not a good idea because if the joint venture goes south, you know, then you're out of luck in the U.S. So maybe we think about a joint venture in Florida, and then we give them Florida to do whatever. So I think it's the same kind of idea.
1: So how how do you how do you spot an opportunity? Of, you know, in your case. Uh, you see things happen, and you conclude that there's an opportunity. Um, what do you do? And let me give you an example, because I know this is an example that uh, that uh, you've you've dealt with. Let's say there's some current banking crisis, or perhaps uh, something having to do with cryptocurrency meltdown, or anything like that. Um, what's what's the thought process that that runs through your mind?
2: Well the advantage I have is that I I deal with a lot you know I'm dealing with the real time and I'm dealing with a huge amount of information points so um the idea that you know I I have you know we'll, we'll have huge amount of contact and interaction if something's going on you know I'm hearing it from our own attorneys I'm hearing from compliance I'm hearing from referral sources you know so like when Silicon Valley Bank went down you know, I got tons of calls because, you know, I am I'm for some people, they think of it, I'm their guy in San Francisco. So it's like, oh, my God, I'm going to call David and see what's happening. And so what I've learned is that oftentimes, you know, that those are, you know, I, I don't take those as points where I kind of show off and say, like, I know something because you know, at the beginning of that, I really didn't have that much to say. But what I did do, in, you know, my in my um, grandmother, she had this this great piece of advice. She said, you know, you have Two ears and two eyes and one mouth. Use it, use those things in, in by and uh and so I listened. And so I know it was interesting because I'd said by Saturday night, I told my wife by Saturday night I had a pretty good idea what was gonna happen because I talked to enough people from various points of the world and you know, government, you know, business, you know, outside the US, inside the US. That I kind of figured that the you know that there would be a backstop in some way, and that you know exactly. I went to bed Saturday night knowing what exactly what happened on Sunday Sunday evening. Um, so I think you know that, and and then and kind of advise people along the way what, what what I was thinking when it comes to adopting a different strategy or thinking about how do you how do you change the the business. Um, you know, example of that unfortunately was COVID in terms that the um, I was you know. I saw the, the COVID pandemic, um, given my work in China, you know, ahead of time. I mean, I, I was quoted in the San Francisco Chronicle talking about when they closed Wuhan down. And, you know, I kind of explained that this is this is an example of what it, it could be. It's Wuhan today, but it could be other places, you know, in the future. And uh, I was dealing with it for many weeks before it actually hit the U.S. And therefore, the, I think that's why the firm, you know, kind of – pointed me to the head of our our coronavirus response team and the idea that we you know I, I knew what we'd have to be doing I knew what where it was coming based upon the fact that I'd seen it happen in China previously so I think you have to use various data points you have to figure out what's going on um, but but real live information and then you know be a little you know ask questions think listen look um and be skeptical because I don't I don't think necessarily, you know, I think I have a pretty good gut. Sometimes I have, I think my gut's pretty good, but then you know, sometimes it's it's not. But I'd say it's it's best when I, you know, someone asked me like, like, like how do you know when there's a good client opportunity? And I said, you know, that's 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 kind of where I I I am good at that, you know, in terms of my my wife calls it my spidey sense. You know, I will I will um, fly across the world to meet a client if I think this is a, a great opportunity
1: yeah and, and i guess that's very much the, the kind of thing that i do although i'm 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 not sure that i i can uh uh come as quickly to a conclusion as as you seem to be able to do but uh for me a lot of what i do is actually tell people don't do what you're thinking about doing because it's not right and in fact there's an article that i i, I get published and republished from time to time um uh that i wrote some years ago uh, titled uh, 15 uh 15 ways to screw up your international expansion and one of those is when you when you try to do it on the back of one or two lawyers or one or two clients it's it's the worst thing that you can do um it, it's almost always bound to fail um and so i do get i do get questions of course now the questions are coming in about india gee it's going to be great to be able to go to it well you know what I happen to be a little bit of a naysayer on that because I think that right now, although India is a fantastic market and ultimately it'll be great, but so far what the what the uh, Bar Council of India has published, I think it looks like there are lots of open questions and it's going to take a long, long time and there's going to have to be. Something- I think a good
2: example is Korea. Yeah. You know, how many sure. how many U.S. or European firms are making money in Korea? I don't know the answer yeah. To
1: that. Well, they've 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 eased they've eased the requirements in Korea. So a couple of firms recently have gone gone in there, um, uh, Ashurst, and Watson, Farley and Williams um, under a, under a new kind of system. But yeah, it's it's hard to make money. Of course, it's hard to make money in China too. But uh, but uh, that's a whole different ball game. Uh, but it it seems to me that in terms of strategy, what what you do, which is keeping uh, your ear open and keeping your eyes open a lot but not always, but but not always your mouth uh so in other words just getting a lot of data points i think that's really what an outside consultant to a law firm needs to do they mm-hmm. need to be able to understand what the firm's needs are what the firm's goals are what their aspirations are and not just guess at it not just look at it look at their website and find that they have the greatest culture in the world and, and that they do this that and the other so uh. It's, it's an education to getting back to our original mm-hmm. one of our
2: original points we talk, said you know how like what's the role of non-lawyers it's like you know mm-hmm. I don't have a practice you know in terms of you know what, whatever whatever strategy the firm like I I, I explained I don't make the firm strategy I you know I advise I tell them you know this is I love working for law firms because it's I work for the people that own the firm and mm-hmm. they make they decide they're the deciders I'm the executor to some extent and you know but it and I but my livelihood's not dependent upon what strategy we take, because you know, in terms of I don't mean I don't have an Indian practice, I don't have a, you know, whatever the strategy is. So that gives me the benefit to say to people, this is what I think you should be doing. This is like this is what makes sense, as opposed to, you know, thinking about well, how is that gonna impact my life, you know, the next two. Whereas I yeah. think if partners say, well, I have an insurance, you know, you know, insurance defense practice. And uh, you know we're thinking about getting out of the insurance defense business, and that means like oh great that means I have to find another firm to to you know go after or you know switch my practice or change something up. You know I think having having someone like me who who doesn't have a practice um, makes those kind of conversations you know easier to have because you know I I, I don't necessarily have that kind of skin of the game that someone that has you know a decade of or two couple decades of building the legal um, pedigree.
1: And and I think that gives you a lot of freedom. Um, and I think in many ways that so, uh, again, that's a certain kind of similarity with with what I do. Because yes, although my business is dependent on uh, what my what my clients ultimately do, at the same time, I don't personally have skin in the game. And uh, um, what. You know, my clients can take my advice or leave my advice, and it's all the same. It's all the same to me. And of course, I appreciate working with clients, and I appreciate uh, getting paid for what I do. But uh, you know, I'm a consultant, so so it works out just fine.
2: And I you know, think there's a there's a there's a mentality in the legal business. There's this herd mentality of the legal business that I think you guys, I'm sure, fight against in terms of everyone says, "Okay, this is what we have to do. This is what the flavor of the month is. We need to push for." Um, but the problem is, you know, like anything else, you know, if 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 you do, if everyone does the same thing, then you know, everybody looks exactly the same. Everyone's operations, you're, you're going to cut out what what the advantages were for doing that. And right. so, how do you do things differently? Um, my, uh, uh, my 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 former boss, our former managing partner, Andrew Glincher, you know, he woke up one day and and started scrolling through all the the AmLaw uh, 100 websites. And uh, he realized at some point in time that he couldn't tell them apart, including our own. And he said, and he, you know, for better or worse, he said, I want something totally different. And so we went and we hired a, a um, you know, consultant that that didn't have nothing to do with websites and designer and everything else. And so for a couple of years, we actually had an amazingly kind of very cutting edge website, you know, you know, we were in the right direction. I think some, some, we're not as cutting edge as we were then. I think we have a great website and great brand and everything else, but um, you know, we, we, we had a brief instant of going the different direction, um, which was, which was, was pretty cool. Um, and we're, we're continuing to, to try to do that. Uh, I think our, our new website's fantastic. I'm really excited about that. We used to be your website, but uh, you know, doing things differently, I think is, is, is is going to have to be brave in this business.
1: And well, you do. I, and, and bravery is not, you know, in a partnership, being brave is not always the best thing. right? Um, be partially, partially for good reasons. I mean, you know, it, it's a collaborative enterprise at its best. And so, so you don't want to be the outlier, but you do want to be somebody who, who, who brings good ideas to the table. Um, uh,
2: yeah, and, and part of it, like we, we decided that, you know, we, we jumped off the bandwagon of, of opening up offices all over the world, because you know we decided that that wasn't necessarily our strongest suit. You know that we and we didn't have to have offices in lots of places to have an international presence and do work there. It's a, and I you know I, I told you it's a lot harder. I think it's actually frankly harder. You know it's a lot of work for me to de- develop relationships with the best firms in these geographies. But it's a it's a different approach. It's a different strategy. And it's something that we have, you know, there's pluses and minuses. We give up certain things to do that. But the idea is that we, you know, that we, we, we have decided that that's, you know, that's the approach we want to take and, you know, trying to ruthlessly and rigorously execute it, um, you know, takes discipline, you know, just like, just like being an Ironman triathlete, it takes discipline. You have to, to work at it. You have to be, you know, constantly at it and thinking about it and, 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 uh, you know, getting, getting ready for it. And, uh, um, but uh, it is, it is a strategy.
1: The global legal market, I think, um, isn't all about putting flags everywhere. In fact, uh, uh, there's one firm that has put flags everywhere, which I just think isn't really a firm anymore. Um, it's, It's a completely different kind of animal. But, but having said that, I think it's less about, do you have offices here and there? Or do you have a presence here or there, or are you able to work your relationships? I think it's about the belief in global, go, globalization, and I think as long as we understand, no matter what the headwinds are, no matter what's hap- what happens, you know, with you know po- political uh, points of view about globalism or, or or about trade wars and so on and so forth, I think the recognition that all business is ultimately global, and that therefore you have to approach it in some way. That in itself requires creating a strategy. And you've just described your firm's strategy. And I think that's that's really, really important. Sometimes strategies change uh, for, for various reasons. Um, the Certainly the COVID period uh, saw a lot of people change their strategies, not necessarily for the better, sometimes for the better. In Asia, uh, you know, there was a widespread um, uh, uh, sort of exodus from uh, Hong Kong and um, not a lot of people are going into China these days so for all kinds of reasons, um, uh, but but the reality is as long as you recognize the fact that you do need to serve your clients, a business firm doesn't have a single client unless there may be a family law client uh, that doesn't do business internationally. So, 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 so you've... AmLaw one hundred, AmLaw two hundred, uh, NLJ two fifty, whatever. Every one of those firms is, in fact, international. It's a question of how you handle it, and you have a strategy. I, I, and I think it's exactly the people who deal with strategy that I deal with. It could be somebody like you. It can be a management committee. It could be a senior partner. But it's somebody who thinks through these things, and that's what that's what works. I, for I would, them. I
2: would think it would go even below the AMLA 200. I mean, every firm. Yeah, Because a lot yeah. of the referrals I get are, um, you know, more local firms that have an international issue that comes up. Sure. And, you know, part of my skill is able to keep them involved to some extent, you know, because I want them, you know, a lot maybe, you know, they have the relationship with the client, but if they now have some kind of international piece or some more sophisticated piece, they're not, you know, they're not, you know, able to do, um, you know, that's, that's kind of where, where my role comes in and I've been pretty successful at working with, you know, much smaller firms that, you know, would not consider themselves to be international, but they now have an international problem or an international opportunity. Right. Right. And how do they, mm-hmm. how do they deal with that? And it's by interfacing with folks like
1: me.
0: Yeah. No, that's key. Can, can I, uh, I, 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 I do, before we break, I, I, I do have a question for David and, and kind of talked about you know interfacing with people like you um what you do for your firm is you you and you've been successful at it for many years um is is an exception in terms of the in terms of the wider large law universe there's not a lot of people there's more every day but there's not a lot of people who are doing what you're doing um and, uh, and I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm wondering, you know, if you had your crystal ball, what, what it looks like, what, what we're going to see in the next five years, that's about as much as I can ever look forward. Uh, but five years in terms of the, the the role that you have and where, where that, how those roles are going to form in other firms or if they're going to form it. and if there's maybe a condition precedent that needs to be there for, Roles like yours perform. I do see them as being essential. I do not believe that the that that law firm growth can continue if we're if we're relying entirely upon the um, partners to be the the engine of business development within a firm.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I think you're going to see them grow. I think there will be more industry specific. So I think they, mm-hmm. you know, I think I'm a bit of an outlier, and that I kind of came from more generalist traditional law firm marketing background and kind of morphed into this role. I think you'll see less of that and you'll see more of people that who were doing business development more generally in an industry and are applying their relationship, their contacts with, um, you know, in a, in a law firm environment. Uh, I think that, uh, that I, I think so. I see, I'd see the growth will be kind of very more industry focused you'll see people that, that mm-hmm. do that mm-hmm. you know but again there are challenges it's not an easy role I mean I think the idea that um you know that you know being in, in an environment you're still to some extent a second- class citizen because you're not a lawyer and I've worked with people in the past that find that to be impossible to overcome that yeah. challenge that you know yeah. that there's that you're, you know even though you may be a lawyer, But once you once you I'm sorry, guys, once you decide you're not practicing law anymore, you're like me. You're you're at the same (laughs) same level. Um, And uh, that's a bit challenging. I think the fact that, you know, at least in America, we can't share fees with non-lawyers. So you don't necessarily have the column um, that they have. And I'd say a lot of salespeople live and die by that. They want to see what what money they brought in and how they brought it in, things like that. Um, The other part is that they have to be like, you know, you know, a lot of successful salespeople are. Are really Type A personalities, and they want to be the smartest person in the room. And you know, I sometimes I explain to people, you know, I I, I sometimes aspire to be the dumbest person in the room because <laughs> if I'm bringing in, you know, the experts, the lawyers, they're mm-hmm. the they're the rock stars. You know, right. I might have I might have the rock star hair and beard, but in the in the in the in the, in the Stones t shirt. But uh, you know, they're the smart ones. You know, my job is just to make sure that. You know, the everything keeps keeps going going forward. And uh, you know, that's sometimes challenging. You have to keep your mouth shut, you have to, you know, you know, not opine on everything and and uh you know let the uh let the people do their work. So I think the so there are some challenges. I think that it's not a it's not an easy job, it's not something you can go directly from industry into the law firm environment. But I think it's as you know, we see we have some successful examples and we'll have more of them, but I do see them more around you know, either um, industries or ecosystems or things like that, much less you know, kind of more generalist like I am.
1: Yeah, I, I think that you are, in fact, unique uh, in in many ways. And i'm not yeah. talking about the I'm not talking about the hairstyle. Um, uh, what you do is is actually, I think, very rare. And and I, you know, I I know a lot of people in the business who who do what you do, but but don't do what you do. Um and uh, so that's why I said it's particularly a pleasure that we've been able to have this time with you and, yeah. and to get a better understanding of how you work and how you interact with uh, with uh, with other non-lawyer executives and uh, and how you see the uh, how you approach uh the the international legal market. We're really- I think I think
2: there's a lot of opportunity. I think that you know, um as you know every I think every firm has to figure out, what their approach to handling the the globe is, you know, do they want to open up offices, and if so, where? Sometimes I think that's a good idea. They should open offices if there's if it makes sense to do so. Um, do they want to be involved with a with a network? You know, so like we're involved, we've been involved for the last 24 years with the Teralex network, and you know, we're very involved in that. Love it. You know, lots of good relationship, but it's not it's not our only global strategy. Um, and or do you want to develop your own network, your own kind of best friends network? And and maybe all those things are not mutually exclusive. You can you can have a network, have your own network, or have offices. We do some of that. Um, so I think the idea is that but but kind of making that work, I think requires like, you know, folks like you all to help firms think through that and, you know, recognize like what works, what doesn't work you know should we have a varian structure should we have you know how should we deal with this um and then kind of ironing out some of the you know what's the compensation issues you know why why should we be thinking about this or in the you know the the nitty gritty of like where where we should open up um sure. you know, I get a lot of questions like why don't we have an office in germany and i explain well where in germany would you like to well, i guess to open an office
1: because i can give you a few i can give you a <laughs> few reasons why
2: no but i'm saying like you know it's not like You know France, you know where Paris is kind of the natural place. If you are an international firm and you're going to France, you know Paris, you know probably makes a lot of sense. Or England, London, you know Germany's a more complex and you know economy. There's lots of different, you know, all the different cities there have different industrial focuses and economic focuses and things like that. And um, you know, it's
1: not. In fact, if you want to be in Germany, you have to be in at least two cities. Yeah. There, there's just no getting around that. So that that's that's a whole other complication, which is why so many foreign firms really don't do very well in Germany. Some 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 have succeeded, but uh, it's 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 difficult. But you're right. There, there are all all those nitty gritty issues to to think through and that's why that's why there are experts in house as well as uh, outside consultants that's uh, and, and, and and they need
2: folks like you all know, to help them glue put it together it's it's one thing just to open up an outpost or start a practice or whatever i think that the the fact of you know putting the, the glue together and yeah, making right. it all work i think is is really challenging because i i work with a lot of firms that you know you know essentially they're a firm but you know their international offices and their international relationships do not interconnect um, with, you know, every, every each each one, and sure. you know, frankly, sometimes I feel like I know them better than they know themselves.
1: <laughs> yep, that certainly, certainly happens with quite a few firms. Uh, the idea of being uh, lone rangers out there and not really connected to headquarters or to the rest of it, and, and and vice versa, where people feel. So we have an office in Kazakhstan, that I, I don't even know about them. Uh, why, why, why didn't anybody tell me? Um, how are you going to sell
2: that? Like I said, there are ways to make referrals and there are ways to make referrals. So if you can say, right. yes, we have an office in Kazakhstan. They do oil and gas and they're fantastic. And I can introduce you to Sergey who heads up that office. And, you know, he, he's, he's really a terrific guy. He went to school in Oxford. So his English skills are terrific. And, you know, can I set up a Zoom call tomorrow?
1: Exactly. That's the way yeah. to go. There you go. We've learned a lot from you, David. Thank you, David. Thank you. Really I appreciate it. Okay. Axamea. Indeed.